welcome to the YYC Soccer Podcast. My name is Jason Komet, and my co-host is Scott Strasser. Hi, Scott. Hi, Jason. How are you this weekend? I'm doing okay. Uh, it's a snowy rain kind of thing going on here today, and just kind of a bit of a dreary staying home kind of day. It's probably a good day to record a podcast. Absolutely. I will be honest. It's uh, 4.30 p.m. as we're recording this, and I have yet to go outside. So uh, I'm, I'm very much in the same boat of sticking around the house this weekend. Just if you are a new listener, uh, I always like to ask this. Scott, what is the YYC Soccer Podcast all about? We cover soccer in Calgary at all levels, whether that's amateur youth soccer or collegiate post-secondary soccer with the Dinos and the Cougars and the Trojans, or right up to the professional level, Cavalry FC. We talk about them a lot. Uh, So essentially, we talk about the teams and the players from Calgary's soccer community from grassroots up to profession. This week, we're going to talk about a few things that have been going on uh, in Cavalry's world. They announced their preliminary roster for CONCACAF. They also released their regular season schedule, and um, they had a, a big departure this week with uh, one of their assistant coaches going on to a much bigger stage. We'll also talk about a few Calgarians which have uh, signed on in Europe lately, and and also we'll talk a little bit about Kaylee Hunter, um, who is with Canada's U17 club right now in the CONCACAF uh, championships. Yeah, as for you know, for February, there's a lot going on to talk about and keep our podcast uh, relevant. Um, definitely another cavalry-centric episode with a few different things to discuss. But uh, no, there's also some some player movements that that we're going to delve into a little bit. Grace Storty, who we've talked about a couple of times including in our last episode she uh she landed a pro contract in portugal and uh, another player kaylee Bowix or bex and is uh is with a team in ireland and and there's a few other things to discuss as well so i'm excited to delve into it let's start though um with a bit of surprising news that came out of cavalry's camp uh, this week uh, i think this probably caught just about everyone by surprise but uh cavalry's assistant coach and, and technical director leon hapgood a former podcast guest of ours is moving on uh, to MLS and to NYCFC where he's going to be an assistant coach. Yeah, this definitely came out of nowhere, didn't it? But what a move for for Leon. That's the the kind of opportunity you simply can't tr- turn down. I mean, just look at some of the teams and the players that his his new club plays against, right? Like he'll be he'll be on the bench when when New York takes on Inter Miami with with Lionel Messi on the other side, it's another ex- example of you know people using the Canadian Premier League as a springboard to to move on to like you said bigger stages. MLS is definitely a bigger stage. Usually, it's been players, so it's it's a bit interesting to see an assistant coach uh, make that kind of move. I was very curious what led to it, right? Like how did how did uh, Leon end up on New York City FC's radar and uh, read through a couple of the press releases and announcements and uh, it turns out that that Leon and, and New York's head coach Nick Cushing actually do go back quite a ways they uh, they met 13 years ago um, when Leon was relatively new to, to Calgary and was involved with Foothills at the youth level and Nick Cushing was involved with Manchester City's Youth Academy, and and they came to Canada, or or it may have been vice versa, and the Foothills team went to Manchester. But they they've known each other for for quite some time, and have kept in touch and uh, followed each other's careers. So this is a case, I think, of of Nick Cushing tapping tapping Leon to to join the club, and uh, yeah, what a move, hey! Like not not just from the 
perspective of moving up to MLS, but the opportunity to to move to New York and pursue your passion. I think that's just a really cool opportunity for him. Absolutely. It, it, yeah. What more could you ask for, really? Like it, glamorous city and and bigger league and everything about it just is. Um, it's one of those opportunities. Yeah, I think it, it would be really hard to to let it go. And uh, yeah, it, it speaks well for again this whole sort of mechanism that cavalry has created i know tommy wilden jr said before that didn't he refer to it as sort of we're creating a football industry here or something to that effect you know where we're not only players but coaches and that sort of thing and and well we know martin nash moved on from here to uh, go to york united so i would say right now that if you are somebody who is ambitious and wants to move up in, in the the footballing world an opportunity with with cavalry is there's a lot of examples of, of how being with this club gets you noticed. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know there's, you know, there's been speculation throughout the uh, Cavalry's run in the last few years, whether Tommy Wielden Jr. would move on, either join an MLS program or potentially uh, be involved with Canada soccer or something like that, right? For an assistant coach to to make that move is maybe unprecedented. I don't know. I, I don't pay too close attention to to what the other CPL clubs assistant coaches do. No, like we've like we've said, it's it's a it's a great opportunity for Leon. I think he'll definitely be missed, right? Like uh, Tommy talked about Leon's impact probably three or four times in in post game press conferences. Usually when when asked about set pieces, right? Because Cavalry's been very prolific on set pieces throughout their uh, their five year history and. Tommy always credited Leon for uh, for the detail that he would pay when it comes to preparing cavalry for free kicks and corner kicks and things like that. But beyond that, I mean, Leon's vocal, right? If, if you're watching the broadcast, you can often hear him yelling, right? And if you're at the stadium, you can't too. Like he, he's a very um, passionate coach and he's definitely been a big figure in, in Calgary's soccer community, not just with cavalry, but with foothills over the years. So a big loss. I'm curious to see if anyone or who comes in to replace him. Yeah, that was the next thing I wanted to get to is who fills that hole. It's a it's a big hole because he was really involved in a lot of the tactical stuff, the set pieces, that sort of thing. And he's also been, you know, Tommy's right-hand man, you know, who kind of steps into that role and 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 who fills in? Is it going to be more promotion from within or are they going to look somewhere else you know all the preparations going on for orlando uh and this coming out of nowhere um i'll be curious to see what the timelines are and how that all plays out but i would think right now that there will probably be a lot of people calling up uh tommy and saying hey um i want to throw my hat in the ring to be an assistant coach because uh it seems like this is a a, a good place uh to get an opportunity yeah and i know there's i can think of a lot of calgary based coaches who are you know they have their coaching badges they'd be qualified but they haven't had that kind of cpl experience yet so i don't actually want to name any names quite yet because i could also see cavalry uh recruiting from outward right they did that with their goalkeeping coach last year when jordan santiago left they they brought in a an outsider from from the u.s who appears to have done a really good job with with the with the club's goalkeepers so I could see them going, you know what, that worked and, and we could do that that again. But like I said uh, at the beginning, there are, you know, Cal- Calgary has a lot of really good coaches who have been played at a high level or they've been coaching for decades at various levels. So I wouldn't be surprised either way. Let's move on to some other ca- Cavalry news. We also saw the roster for the CONCACAF uh, 
Champions League matches against Orlando. At least, I guess it's an initial roster. I don't think it's the the finished product. Um, isn't that how you understand it, uh, Scott? It's yeah. This this is a twenty one player roster, and I believe you're allowed either twenty three or twenty four for that tournament. They have until February seventeenth to announce any other players, and I wouldn't be surprised if we hear at least one, maybe two more names because. I do think when I was I was looking through that roster, there were a couple of positions where I was wondering, oh, who do they have for you know for right wing or who do they have for for this spot? But uh, we'll we'll kind of go through by position and, and talk a little bit about who's on that list so far. So I'll start with the goalkeepers, uh, Marco Carducci, number one, very not a surprise at all. Uh, but then the the other two goalkeepers listed are uh, are development contract players so there's Mitchell Barrett and Blake Morrison so that means uh, no Joseph Holiday, who was with the club last year yeah I was mildly surprised at that I wasn't I hadn't heard anything much about what uh, Holiday's been, been up to and if he's been around but uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm a bit surprised by that and I would say out of those developmental keepers um, Mitchell Barrett is I think the more experienced one and is probably the one most likely to be sitting on the bench for those those Orlando games. Yeah, I, I imagine barring injury or, or like a red card, Margo's going to play both games full 90. He pretty much played the entire season last year. I, I don't, I have to admit, I don't know that much about uh, Mitchell Barrett or Blake Morrison. Um, all I know is that they kind of came through the Cavalry pathway, which is, is, I'm assuming they were in League One last year with Cavalry, or maybe even were they with the AMSL team before that? Barrett basically was the the main keeper for the league one team and i think he was he also got more minutes on the amsl team than anybody else i think uh morrison played a little bit for one or the other or both of those teams but barrett got the lion's share of the minutes for sure i did uh, i just pulled up an article that mitchell barrett he did have a trial with uh, fulham fc last year uh he's been you know he's been overseas no, I, I imagine we're we're going to see Marco play both of these games uh, this month, and uh, we'll see kind of what the full twenty twenty four roster looks like in the weeks after that. Let's move on to uh, defender, and I'll read off the list here. Pretty familiar names: Fraser Aird, Michael Harms, Dan Quamp, Cal Montgomery, Eric Cobsa, Bradley Camden Fiwo, and Tom Field. Yeah, Field was picked up recently. I was curious, Fraser Aird was included. I know he's, he's kind of like a wing back, right? Like he gets forward a lot. A pretty pretty, um, pretty good depth overall for, for defense there, I would say. Uh, and then in midfield, we've got uh, Charlie Trafford, another one who's been re-signed since our last episode. Shemit Shom, and then the newcomer from Valor, Diego Gutierrez. Uh, Jesse Daly, the Australian, is back. Mael Henri. He's back, and then a very familiar name, Sergio Camargo. That kind of rounds out the midfield. I feel like this is their uh, their thinnest position, and and this is where I think we would see another name or two uh, in in the next two weeks because that's not a lot of midfield depth. Although, like I said, I think I, I see Fraser aired more as a midfielder than as an out out defender. But uh, yeah, that's just my thoughts. Yeah, when I look at that list of midfielders, I guess the first thing that jumps to mind is where is Diego Gutierrez going to line up relative to um, everyone else? And, and how is he going to fit into 
how's he going to fit into that list of existing players? He's the one newcomer and obviously a big signing. So no, those, those are pretty much all central midfielders too, right? Like uh, I see at least three defensive midfielders and then the other three are offensive midfielders. So yeah, so we've got three, three of each, um, but none of those six are really wide players, right? Like none of them are wingers. Right. And then when it comes to the forwards, we have Leighton Brooks, the newcomer from Australia, which I think he's still waiting on his uh, international clearance. Um, Willie Accio, Ali Musi, Tobias Warshevsky, and Meyer Bevan. That's um, it's quite a list. Yeah, and here I do see some some wide uh, some wide players like Willie Accio. I believe he's really comfortable on the left wing, and then Ali Musi again. He's he's kind of floats between midfield and forward, but I imagine he'll he'll definitely. I, I think he'll be starting if he's fit. Uh, and then the newcomers, Layden Brooks, if he's if he's cleared by then, and then uh, the German who was previously with FC Edmonton, Tobias Warshevsky. And then New Zealander Meyer, Meyer Bevan coming back. So, uh, yeah, good good talent up front, definitely. And it'll be I'll be uh, interested to see who ultimately gets the nod to start. It is coming up. It's creeping up on us. Um, just like you said, I believe the deadline to add is February seventeenth, and we could see something happen between now and then. I also want to mention in this uh, press release with this twenty uh, one man roster, it was also announced that. Ethan Beckford has been transferred to a, a club in the UK, so he won't be back with Cavalry this year. No, he was, I believe, signed on a multi-year deal after really excelling in the 2022 League One Ontario season. I think he was on, he was scoring like a goal a game that campaign, but uh, he really didn't uh, find his footing with Cavalry, at least in terms of finding the back of the net. He, you know, he had some really, I think strong performances but he just had a lot of bad luck when it came to putting putting the ball in the net he didn't score i know he hit the post maybe once or twice Mm -hmm. and it looked like his confidence was cracking when when he just wasn't wasn't scoring and i think in the last several weeks of the season he he kind of either out of favor or he was injured but he just wasn't getting subbed in anymore so it wasn't too surprising to see that uh that he's not going to be with the club this year Staying with Cavalry, also the entire Canadian Premier League schedule was announced, and uh, we found out that the home opener at Spruce Meadows this year is on April 28th. Yeah, I believe this is going to be the earliest home opener for Cavalry. I know usually they don't host any matches until May, which which uh, means they always start their season on the road, and I, I believe they, they still are starting their season on the road this year, similar to last year. where they I remember they... They had three games on the road to to start the season, and in 2022, it was very similar. So it kind of puts them behind the eight ball in terms of getting your campaign off to a good start. But no, like uh, it always made sense to me that Cavalry started on the road because I figured that the pitch at Atco Field wouldn't be ready in April, depending on what Calgary's winter was like. You know, considering how this winter has gone, I can't imagine the grass is going to be in too poor of condition come late April. Yeah, I don't have too many thoughts regarding the the overall schedule. I, I just glanced at it. I, I didn't really dive into it too much. But I don't know, do you have any anything you'd like to say about, you know, the first start to the season for them? The one thing I noticed when I looked at the schedule was there's basically no midweek games. It's pretty much Friday, Saturday, Sunday for home matches. I don't I'm not sure about this, but 
I, if there's one Wednesday game, that would be the absolute most. So it seems like every year the schedule seems to smooth out a little bit more and they're able to pick out the, the optimal dates. Cause I know it's always a bit of a challenge when you've got to plan around these equestrian events, which, you know, the schedule for those are, have been carved in stone for years in advance and you have to work around, around those. And maybe the first year or so it was a bit more of a challenge to sort of get that all figured out. But I think, I think they've really sort of found the way to maximize uh, getting the best dates now. So I, I think that's the only thing I really noticed. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I did pull it up. They've got Forge on April 13th at 2 p.m. Uh, and then their second game is also on the road April 20th um, in Ottawa against Atletico. And then they host Pacific the following weekend. Uh, and then mm-hmm. Vancouver FC a week after that. Yeah, I mean... Weekend games are obviously better for atmosphere and and they draw bigger crowds typically. So it bodes well for the attendance. And I think attendance is so important for cavalry when it comes to their reputation, right? Because so many people come to a game and when the stadium is full, it's just so much more exciting and that makes them want to come back. Whereas if your first game is like a Wednesday night that only 2,500 people go out to, you'll be less inclined to go back again, even even on a weekend. So, and yeah, like, like you said, that's hard to work around when you have these big international equestrian events, but they seem to have found their rhythm and found a balance for that. But one more story with the cavalry angle. It's been reported that Nico Giantopoulos is back in Calgary and he's training with the Cavs. He's currently not signed by anyone, not by the Cavs or anyone else. And he's not on the CONCACAF uh, roster. What do you think this is all about, Scott? Uh, So he has left York United. Is that confirmed well he's unsigned he's he's a free he's a free agent Um, they could pick him back up or or he may go somewhere else hey what i understand from reading a couple different things is that york has offered him contract maybe more than one contract but they haven't come to terms yeah they're either at an impasse but or there's something else going on but uh he is a free agent as of now well i i really don't see him being willing to be a backup again. He was, maybe not all of our listeners know, he was Cavalry's backup in, in 2019 and in 2020 as well. Um, but he's really established himself as as a starting goalkeeper, right? Like he has that caliber. Uh, he's been with York for three years now, or sorry, three years. Yeah, 21, 22, and 23. Um, I believe, I imagine he's just keeping fit with familiar faces, right? I'm sure Tommy would have had no objections if if he was asked by him if if he could train with the Cavs for a bit but again I just speculating I don't know how that kind of thing works but I don't anticipate an announcement that Nico's come back I would be shocked if he came back it really doesn't make sense the team has a salary cap and a backup keeper there isn't a lot of room to spend a lot of money on a backup keeper so I don't really see what the enticement would be come back to Calgary and play less get paid less it just it doesn't really add up from that standpoint. So at least partly to do with the fact that the Cavs have started training a bit earlier this year and, and uh, it's an opportunity to, to train with a pro club uh, now as opposed to trying to keep yourself fit kind of on your own. I will throw it out there for crazy theories. There's only one other possible explanation as to why you bring him to town and, and why he would um, he'd be hanging around the club is that if for some reason... There was a thought that uh, the Cavs needed a new number one. Ah, uh, yeah, you think so, hey? Well, I, I think it's super unlikely, but, you know, crazier things have happened, right? Someone from NYCFC calls up and 
an opportunity becomes available for a coach, you never know. I, I think, like I said, I think it's highly unlikely, but that to me is the only possible way that he would sign with the Cavs. That's that's an interesting thing to bring up. Yeah, I mean, Marco Carducci is the club captain. He, I believe he's on like a long-term deal. It's not like a one or two year contract. It's, it's possibly even longer. So uh, definitely worth bringing up as speculation. But yeah, I, I think that's that's quite the reach. Oh yeah, like I am not basing it on anything. It's just that when I sort of look at the reasons why he would sign in Calgary, that is the only reason you'd sign is that if there was an opening there, it just doesn't seem to make sense for any other reason. So I think it's a 99.8% chance that he's just training with the club and maybe a 0.2% chance it's option number two. But those are the only two scenarios I can really see that why he's here. For sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's um, move on to some different topics here that are non-Calgary related and a couple Calgarians and other um, players with Calgary connections that have uh, recently signed their first pro contracts and are on their way to Europe. Yeah, we just saw a few days ago that Grace Storty, formerly with Foothills WFC, as well as the University of Memphis, she had declared for the NWSL draft, but, but her name was not picked. She has signed with uh, SC Braga in Portugal. That seems like a pretty good move from what I can tell. Uh, I am the first to say I don't know a thing about the Portuguese um, women's league, but it does seem to be a league on the rise. And, and some of the bigger clubs have, uh, I think, taken to building up their their women's rosters and 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 really increasing the quality of play. So I think it's a, it's a decent move. I, I, you know, I guess if you're, if you're going to go over to Europe, you know, you're, the chances of signing in the, the French or English league right off the bat are, are probably not extraordinarily high, but this seems like a pretty good entry point from what I can tell at least. For sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't know much about Portuguese football in general, men's or women's, but uh, I do know Braga, their, their team plays in that stadium where, like up against a mountain or something like a cliff i didn't know that yeah if you watch pull them up on on youtube or something it, i believe it was a euro 2004 stadium and it's just a very unique ground because on one side they just have this huge rock cliff i don't know if the women's team plays there but uh that's that's the only thing that that i really know about braga yeah i'm sure it'll be an adventure right like from from professional soccer standpoint as well as just from a lifestyle perspective it's uh, a great opportunity for grace i've mentioned a few times on the podcast but in the games that i went to last summer the wfc games she was probably the player who i thought had the biggest impact i know maya jones uh she was banging in the goals every game but uh, i was really impressed by grace storty on the right wing just her immediate impact when she'd get on the ball her ability to uh to beat her defender and whip in crosses was quite impressive so I, I was wondering if, if she'd get picked for the NWSL. She didn't, but looks like she still managed to uh, to carve out a professional career for herself. We'll be watching what happens in her first games with great interest, and, and we'll continue to provide updates from time to time. The other Calgarian that also signed uh, their first uh, pro contract this week was Kaylee Box. Graduated from Rice University in 2022. That was her last season playing uh, NCAA soccer. And she also played with Foothills WFC. She is signed with uh, Treaty United in Ireland. I'm kind of intrigued by Treaty United. Um, they're an Irish team. They play in the, the top tier of Irish um, women's football. They 
previously signed up another Calgarian, that's um, Talia White, and she's a former UC Dino. This is a club that has not only two Canadians, they have two Calgarians on the roster. So I don't think there are too many other clubs out there that have two female Calgarians on the same team. Yeah, I, I don't know any, but you were you were talking about Treaty United recently, and, and it would be great to dive a little bit more into into who they are and, and how it became that two Calgarians have ended up over there. So there's definitely a story regarding them. And then uh, in terms of other player moves, we saw that uh, another former Foothills WFC player, as well as uh, University of Memphis player, Seorla, or Seorla Miller, uh, she signed with a club in Iceland called Keflavik. She's not from Calgary per se. She's from Halifax. But uh, yeah, she was with Foothills WFC in the past. And she's yet another uh, Canadian on, on Memphis. And then, uh, the last, and then the last player we'll mention before uh, moving on to another topic is on the men's side, uh, former Cavalry player Arabin Peppel. Uh, he's been with Luton Town, but he spent most of his time since being signed with Luton Town on loan, and he is going uh, to Inverness Caledonian Thistle in Scotland's second division. Uh, they're currently seventh place in that league, but it hopefully will be an opportunity for him to get some regular playing time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just these loans haven't really worked out for him so far, so hopefully this one uh, is one where he gets a chance to shine. Yeah, I think he was with like Grimsby at one point. Mm-hmm. I think it was Grimsby last year, and it was a team in the National League, the fifth division this year. I can't remember which one. Yeah, Bromley. Oh, okay, yeah. Bromley, but I pulled up his uh, his Wikipedia. It says he's already played a game for Inverness, so that must have been this weekend, if, if this is accurate. I know it's Wikipedia. Well, I am I can see right here that they, they did play today, and they lost to so maybe he was involved in that match. That's that's how quickly our our podcast is updated. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he 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 was substituted in uh, in that match. Right on. So yeah, he's already uh, got a, a game under his belt in Scotland's second division. So we'll move on to um, one of our last topics, I believe. This is uh, some national program related news. Uh, Kaylee Hunter who we've talked about a little bit on our podcast throughout the months. Um, she was selected to Canada's U17 team uh, that is currently playing at the CONCACAF Championship. I think they're being held in Mexico. And uh, she did play in Canada's opening match the other day, which was a 5 nothing win over Puerto Rico. Uh, she played the first half on the left wing, and it appears that she came off either at halftime or very early into the second. Yeah, it's exciting to see her get the start and uh, a couple more games in, in the group phase. I think next one is, is against Panama uh, on Sunday and then on Tuesday they're playing the Americans. Yeah, that'll probably be the biggest and toughest match of the group stage. Um, when this episode is released, that Panama game may have occurred already. But no, that should be a, a really... Um, It'll be exciting to see if they can get through this group. They're obviously off to a great start, but I imagine Puerto Rico will be the easiest opponent they face in this group. The Calgary soccer scene in the first week of February, I think we had a lot of topics. I don't think there's a whole lot else we we need to add in uh, this week. Is there uh, never a dull moment? I thought we weren't going to see too much happening, but uh, what do you think, Scott? More than you expected? (laughs) 
definitely. I mean, it goes to show how soccer has become a 12 month a year thing, but um, we didn't have a guest this week. Hopefully we'll have a guest for our next episode. We have a lot of ideas for guests. So uh, as long as things come together, we should be able to have an interview pretty soon, but no, we were able to, uh, to pull together a pretty comprehensive episode. Thank you for listening to the YYC Soccer Podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast using all the usual podcasting platforms. Head over to our website at yycsoccer.com and there's more info about how to subscribe to the podcast or how to leave a question or comment. You can also follow us on Twitter or X at YYC Soccer 403. Thanks for listening.